In this episode of Full Nerd, Voodoo PC Founder talks PC gaming and AI in gaming. Welcome to a special episode of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with very special guest, Raul Sood of Irreverent Labs. Yes, sir. I got that right. Good. Irreverent Labs. Irreverent. Yes. It's hard to... Irreverent. Uh, we also have Adam Patrick Murray actually running the chat lines today on yeah, the screen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the TV today. I'm, I'm still at home <laughs> re- recovering from my knee surgery. Uh, thanks for all the well wishes, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to, to Raul here. There's there's some some good stories we've already been uh, sharing before the show. So. Oh, awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah, old, glad old, to have you here. Old-timer stuff. And Will Sly, of course, controlling the vertical and horizontal today. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. And uh, we miss you, uh, Adam, from, from last week. Uh, I hope your knee is, is recovering well. <laughs> getting there, getting there. <laughs> so I am going to introduce you to Raul because I he's somebody now I've known for more than two decades. He started a company called Voodoo PC. It was a Canadian company, made boutique PC gaming computers back in the old days and really the reason i'm i'm really going to play a role here because he really did set the stage in the early days of pc gaming for really wowing people um voodoo pcs was you know a truly boutique gaming company and it made computers for high-end gamers you know multi-thousand dollars multiple video cards all kinds of cool stuff but the funny thing is it's a look back at what kind of blew our socks off in those days. Yeah, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Willis, can you show the one with that? It's the it's the monsoon, uh, the voodoo monsoon. Yeah, this, this is, is from a 2001 oh, uh, issue. I'll, I'll post uh, into the link. Actually, can yeah. uh, oh, okay. Go in the chat. I'll, I'll th- put it in the chat. And for audio listeners, uh, I'm basically going to describe what on the outside is essentially a, a gray, <laughs> a gray or white PC chassis. Yeah, that's right. It was it was all about the inside out for us back then. Like we really focused on. Uh, I mean, but back then we used to have these these like flat ribbon cables, you know, that were impossible, and it was just a disgusting mess inside of a personal computer. Um, so, you know, we, we, we hand built each one and we had to fold the cables in a certain way. Origami, there's, there's yeah, another yeah. story that you'll probably show here in in a minute, but we, we actually hired a guy that was, uh, just a really, really good at origami folding. And I don't know, it just turned into a real, a real thing. And, uh, and then once we got in front of maximum PC, they sort of put us on the map. Yeah, and uh, there's actually another link, Willis, if you want to drop in there. And people, yeah. you can find this in Google Books. You can look up Maximum PC. By the way, Maximum PC is still available on print. So when you're at the airport, at the bookstore, I recommend you buy a copy of Maximum PC because uh, it's still in print and it'd be good to support a computer magazine. And the funny thing is, yeah, because if you talking about the origami thing, so for people who are too too young to remember this, before there were SATA cables, yeah. which are very thin and narrow, everything was a parallel ATA cable. And there were these big, thick cables. Yeah, big-ass cables. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, the problem is you couldn't, they would impede airflow or they oh, yeah. would just look ugly. And Well, they would definitely impede airflow. And then, you know, they, they also had this weird sort of master-slave chaining thing oh, that yeah. you'd have to do. with Two multi- devices. Yeah, two devices. And... uh 
Oh my God. When you had floppy drives, it was even worse. Um, thank God they got rid of those at that, at that <laughs> some point in time, but oh man, just the, it was, it was uh, very interesting times, let's say. You the, know? Yeah. I mean, and looking at the internals of this box, so the outside is basically, you know, looks pretty normal, but the inside is, is custom painted, beautiful, beautiful red. Mm-hmm. And this is before custom loop cooling. I mean, the CLC closed loop cooling even came came around, which the first one I saw was Cooler Master. But I, at that time, it was all air cooling. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it, it, as, it was just as it got louder uh, and things got hotter, that's when we really started to dig into, into liquid cooling. And we went, you know, fully into it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was really interesting to see how uh, companies like this would turn what was then a, a real commodity into kind of a luxury. Um, and, um, yeah, we, you know, we were one of a few companies that were, that were doing it. Um, there was Alienware, of course, which was probably our biggest competitor. Um, there was Falcon Northwest who was, you know, pretty much South from us. And then there was us and, yeah. uh, and, uh, it was a, um, it was, it was a time when, getting allocation of GPUs, that sort of thing was, was just as hard as it is now. Like, uh, you know, back then trying to get certain CPUs was hard, uh, that type of thing. But, um, but it was absolutely, I think there's probably some things that we faced then that were, uh, you could parallel to today, but the industry today is just wildly different. What well, was it? I mean, the thing is like, you're right. Cause literally in the early two thousands, late nineties, it was Falcon Northwest, Alienware, Voodoo. Those are the sort of big brands of boutique makers. Did you get a lot of attention from at that time, Intel, AMD and NVIDIA? Uh, oh, or? tons. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, we still have a relationship within, well, with all of them, but really NVIDIA today, um, they're, they're treating my new company very well. Um, and, uh, and it, it all goes back to that. And, and of course, um, you may not know this Gordon, um, but I am also a, a shareholder of main gear and I'm the chairman of the board there. So I'm still, you know, active in the space, just not as active as I, you know, directly, given that Wallace is uh, an amazing CEO and uh, he doesn't, doesn't need my help as much as, uh, <laughs> as much as, you know, I'd like it. But well, yeah, I think it's cool though, because you, you know, you're basically still in it, but you're, you know, you're not, you know, feet deep in it, but I, what do you see the difference between doing it way back then in the early days, 2000s and yeah. sort of how it's come now? Because I, I look at like, it is, so sophisticated now. I mean, look at the, we look back on the monsoon, which, and again, at the time it, it floored you because you had it was inside was just this beautiful, glossy red, but look at that motherboard. It's yeah. just some ugly orange looks like an Asus motherboard. Probably. Yeah. I think this was an Enforce or something like that, but it was just like, it's, it's almost like a, a pukey yellow kind of little bit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> we, we absolutely pushed for those types of changes, you know, cosmetic changes on motherboards and, you know, PCB colors and that sort of thing. And, and that started to evolve over time, like lights and, you know, that kind of thing started to come out. But now uh, you're absolutely right. You look inside a main gear PC and it's like a work of art. It's amazing. You can't see any cables. Um, they have some patents on, uh, running wires behind the motherboard as well that they that right, they right. Uh, you know came up with Project Stealth yeah yeah and um, you know they they actually started in 2002 Wallace and I used to compete with one another but we were friendly competitors um, and um, and so you know the hardware has definitely changed and the whole NVMe thing and I mean it is <laughs> it is so different now than it was then yeah you know having to deal with like those big ass hard drives you know that type yeah of stuff. I mean this particular machine has. 
<laughs> I can see it yeah. because there's actually a, it looks like a, a one drive probably for backup. And then you have two drives. This is a classic setup for old timers, two parallel ATA drives with the folded cables running to, Oh, promise. It was a promise. Right. Raid controller. Right. Cause that was like the rage. You had to have raid zero. Yes. Running to a promise controller plugged into a PCI slot. And that was like, that was like, Oh, that was amazing. And then, you know, every few months the whole thing would blow up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the backup drive was for because yeah. like, Oh, the raid broke. You got your backup, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. And yeah. then look at the video card in there. It is just tiny. This is like a single slot. I don't, I, ha- I can look into the specs here, but it looks like, so I, it was look, looks like it's actually, so this was an AMD Thunderbird, 1.35 gigahertz in this box, yeah. and an Asus. Yeah, I was see that's the classic Asus color, A7M266 with a Hercules 3D Profit 364 megabyte. Oh my God, Hercules Game Theater XP. Wow, Hercules, and a whole 256 megabytes of PC 2100 DDR SD RAM. By the way. Uh, you didn't have to worry about getting the channels incorrect because it was just single channel. That's right. So it was just single channel DDR back then. Yep. But, you know, RAM back then was like a mixed bag. You know, you, you, you could end up with, uh, uh, something that had, that would generate errors over time. You know, you really had to burn these things in to test them out, but the reliability just wasn't there to what it is today. Yeah. yeah even, even like, I, I just, yeah. I mean, everything with power supply looks like it's probably, you know, 500 ish Watts. Yeah. We didn't break it out here in this, but it was, it just didn't, I mean that, but again, that was like, that was a crazy high end PC back then. Yeah. Which it was cutting edge, man. It was cutting edge, you know, back in the day when, uh, I don't, I, I think I was playing probably, I don't know what games I was playing then. Maybe command and conquer probably around that era. <laughs> 2001. Like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was still kind of, people were still playing CNC back then. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, there were other games, but I, you know, it was interesting to me because so this uh, one of the things that I, I really credit you for, because, I mean, we've had many conversations over the years. Uh, the last time I think we actually met in person was when you showed me the um, Omen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you always have been focused on the chassis because honestly, a lot of the components inside, I mean, your competitors are going to be able to get hardware from these big companies. But it feels like the you always like I want a chassis that's going to make me different. Absolutely, right. So you went from this. You did uh, you did a lot of really custom. I think they were Leon Lee mods. Yep. They're really beautiful Leon Lee. And then I remember the Omen was the this case. I should I wish I had found a link to it, but it was I'm going off memory here. But it was a case that had the water channels built into the. Yes. They had the channels built into the case, right? Yes, yes. So um, it, it it was amazing. Um, yeah, the water channels were built into the case. We took we we actually created a version of it for HP that was completely next level. Um, it was uh, it was an unbelievable project, actually, and um, it it was super heavy though. I mean, just the case itself was over a hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> but what a what a work of art. Like it was like having a McLaren on your desk or something. It's just, and even to this day, if you look at it, it looks like it's from the future. It's yeah. unbelievable. And it had a, it actually had a small screen inset into the front of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was sort of, uh, you know, hovering. So the hard to explain, but basically it was like a, a very square, you know, sharp, uh, box with, uh, with like a hover underneath it. So the airflow would come in from the bottom. Um, it was, it was a neat, a neat setup. 
and um and to this you know we did we did hp blackbird firebird you know that sort of stuff which is kind of based off that same idea of a raised uh a raised pc off a platform and you know, I, I look at what Mingear is doing, uh, you know, today it's kind of interesting because they're also going down this path of case. I think there's other companies too that are, that are, you know, sort of coming up with their own kind of case, case modifications. But, right. um, I look at like Falcon, for example, I think they're sort of, uh, what they always have been yeah. hand-built PCs using, right. using whatever, but it's, I, 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 I do see companies creating stuff that's completely unique to this day, which is, which is nice to see. Um, but if you look at a blackbird today or you look at an omen today it looks like it's it could be today like it's that it's that far ahead i think yeah no i agree with you because i mean the blackbird was i mean that thing was you talk about heavy case and it was it was but it was built like it right it mm-hmm. wasn't just like lead weight that thing was built like a tank it was levitated it was yep. it was at the time amazing and I, I think you're right if you you could almost see reintroducing that same case today and people would buy it yeah like if if I'd, I'd love to say if HP were smart, uh, you know, the problem is, I don't know who's there. They always change people. Um, HP doesn't have a face to the company. They're just not good at, uh, at this brand thing for right. whatever reason. But if, if they were, um, you know, like if Apple, for example, were to re-release, uh, the, the old school cube, you know, and, and, and in, in a numbered edition with, with the latest hardware, and, um, you know, and it would be like a thousand or 2000, whatever, just a limited number of pieces in a certain material, titanium or something like that. It would not only sell out, but it would be worth more than it was at retail. Right. And I think if HP were smart and they actually had some brand, uh, you know, um, DNA and, uh, you know, building brand, they could have done something like that with, with voodoo, but they've, you know, they, they can't anymore. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's tough. It's a really yeah. tough world. Although, you know, I, I do want to ask you about an experience where I thought, you know, people don't give you or HP credit for this, but do you remember that fight over SLI and crossfire on mm-hmm. the boards? Yep. So for internet, if you're watching this at the time, you basically could run multiple cause it was a big thing way back when you could run multiple GPUs, you could run, you know, two or three or four NVIDIA video cards, or you could run two ATI video cards in dual mode, crossfire. And at the time, even though the mother, the, we got to this weird problem where, you know, classic, we're going to fight over everything. You couldn't get a motherboard that supported SLI that could support crossfire. Right. right. And everybody was like, we were like, come on, this is crazy. There's really no reason that you can't buy a motherboard off the shelf. And that's because obviously, you know, NVIDIA, I give them points for how they do things. They're like, you want to do SLI, we're the bigger brand, you can't do Crossfire, right? And that went on, that, like, it really sucked. Everybody was kind of, like, complaining about it. and They were trying to kill each other. They were trying to kill each other. And honestly, let's be honest, that's what you're supposed to do in business. Business is war. So you, but the thing that changed it, though, is... HP, you and HP kind of getting, I mean, I credit you and HP because I kind of feel like, I remember at the time HP said, you're going to be able to get these machines and you will run, you can put in two Crossfire cards or you can print in, you know, multiple NVIDIA cards and and run an SLI. Yep. That's, I mean, we we had to do what was best for the customer. And I, and I think that's sort of where, um, things started to come around, I guess, right? Where where companies would sort of compete on their own merit and not try and murder one another. Because 
by murdering one another and creating those sort of rails, they were actually hurting themselves and, and mainly just hurting consumers in general. Like right. The, it's just, it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean that I, I think it's a good example too, because I, one of the problems with large OEMs that are multi-billion dollar companies where you're these little tiny, you're just this little tiny thing attached to it is because uh, we were, because we were part of HP at the time. Right? Yeah. Cause, but that so, only, if you weren't part of HP though, well, would they have said, so, Oh yeah, we're going to allow it to happen. Well, okay. Ad- admittedly, a- ATI and NVIDIA were, uh, and I, and if I think about this now, um, even Intel and AMD were very, and especially AMD, in fact, were very strategic with us. They, they, and this is pre HP, they would, um, not only did they in, invite us out to events and that sort of thing to meet some of these larger OEMs, but they would allocate chips to us and they would ask us to come in and, and sort of consult on their future roadmap. So they did that, but it wasn't exclusive to us. It was, it was open, you know, anything, any ideas that we'd come up with, we were basically sharing with the industry. Um, so they did take us very seriously, but they couldn't, they couldn't move their company based on what we wanted. They wanted right. to make sure that the industry, it would be good for the industry in general. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the thing is at that time, you know, you guys put your foot down really, that was a, that was actually good for everybody in the yeah. end because once that happened, everybody had to do it. Right. That yep. kind of like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and the same thing with j- just the, the idea of laptops and MXM, you know, being able to replace the GPU in a laptop was important. Um, there was a, a lot of stuff that we, that we sort of pushed for that, that came about through, you know, the fact that HP is such a giant company, we had, we actually had a, a good first 18 months. And then the, 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 the management was, was, I'll just say it like, they're just really bad at their job. <laughs> None of them are there anymore, but they're, they were just like, uh, you know, how do we, how do we ruin this company as quickly as possible? You know, Interesting. you know, and, and, and just destroy any culture or anything that these guys have built over the last 16 years. How do we, how do we destroy this company in, in uh, three years or less? It's isn't that, little... isn't that the plan of all big companies? Yeah. So well, it's... kind of, but look at Dell. I mean, they did a pretty decent job with Alienware. Right? They did, it's, you know, it's still there. You're and, right. They have maintained that pretty well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Frank Ezra was there for so, so, such a long time and now he's at AMD and he's, he is, he's been a fixture in this, in this industry, right? He's done, he's, he's amazing. I mean, think about it. The guy started when he was, what, 18 or something at Alienware. And he's had such an amazing career. Um, but, but a lot of his career was at Dell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, cause obviously Dell bought Alienware and at the time HP says, we're going to do the same thing. They bought Voodoo. I wonder if sometimes it was also that, I mean, I've clearly having, having actually worked and work at a pretty large company, large corporations get pretty, uh, pretty generic at the end. Do you think some of that was also the victim of this, of the financial crisis? Because I was like, it was like people, of course, so, people the last three, three years think it's been bad. 2008, 2007, 2009, it was, it was scary because the entire world wasn't sure if there'd be a functional, you know, financial system. And I yeah. wonder if sometimes that contributed to it. They didn't see no. it coming. They didn't see it coming. Yeah. They, they, in fact, uh, had no idea that Apple was even a threat, to be honest with you. And, and if you want some really inside baseball on this, it, it, the reason I, I believe Alienware got acquired by Dell was because we were sort of pushing this whole strategy of, of creating a premium brand for a, you know, a, a lower end brand company. So we actually spoke to Dell um, prior to the, the, the Alienware deal happened. And, um, 
and uh, we just didn't align. Like, uh, not to say that, um, you know, like I met with Michael Dell, really cool guy. It was great. I went to Round Rock and, you know, we had a discussion about this whole strategy. And then, you know, after that meeting, I knew that Dell was going to buy Alienware. So, so I actually wrote a, a blog about that before it happened. Really? Yeah. And <laughs> so people were like, well, how the hell did this guy hear about this? And then the, the, the news came out, Dell's buying, buying Alienware. And it was at that time we were also speaking to HP. Um, the, uh, the, the, the whole idea of, of creating a premium brand for these guys was the right strategy. It was the right approach because there was a sort of a race to the bottom. Um, and it's sort of like what's happening in VR now. It's a big race to the bottom. Um, you know, there's, there's like the, the, the phone industry is kind of the same idea with cell phones. It's always a race to the bottom. How do you stop that from happening? How do you create, you know, a premium brand that, that can actually uh, influence the, the, the industry and, and sort of create a, a, a vision for the future? You know, like Apple has done. Apple's done a really damn good job. And none of these guys in the PC industry could figure it out. Although, you know, lately, I, I'm sorry to, to go on this rant, but no. Microsoft with their hardware program, the reason that they created the Surface program, that sort of thing, was to inspire these OEMs to actually build some really good stuff because really they were just building positive shit. Yeah, and let me, and I'm going to, full disclosure, you work for Microsoft too. So just yes. want to mention yeah. that he's no longer there. No. But, you know, I do have a, I do think like, because Surface did sort of like, hey, look what you can do with it. You know, and I will tell you, I've had this conversation with, hardware vendors, uh, SIs, OEMs for many, many years. And they will say like, because um, a lot of people in the chat here and the internet, they will blame, they will blame all the PC makers and the component makers for just the hard life. It is like, it's a hard, cause it's a hard, it's a, it's a tough racket mm-hmm. to, to make it there. But it, whenever I talk to them, they're like, we're just like basically volleyballs. You got, you got Microsoft on one side, you got Intel in essentially NVIDIA and AMD on the other side. And the OEMs are sort of like this volleyball being batted around. And, you know, the the classic thing is like, you need to make the hardware better. You need to make it sexier. Look at Apple. And of course, they're like, look at Apple's margins. Apple's margins are like 28%. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your PC OEM, your margin is like 6%. Yes. You know, so yep. how do you like, you have a commodity part. People are not willing to pay this premium price. And like part of the OEMs, all the OEMs and the, the SIs would say, well, why don't you give me a better price on your Intel chipsets or your Intel CPUs or your Microsoft licensing? No. Yeah. Is what they say, because they're not willing to go. So what, what's, I mean, you've been on both sides there. How do you, oh, yeah. how do you get past that? Because it, well, they get beat up by everybody. feels like. No. Okay. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, you know, I, I think the, the idea is to, you know, how, how do you build a brand that people want? Um, you know, that, that people sort of clamor for and, uh, and, and you do that by really building a community, really building a, um, sort sort of like what Razor was trying to do for, you know, for the longest time. Right. right. So you build a community of, of fans that are sort of like, uh, rabid fans. They, they love you. They'll defend you no matter what, that sort of thing. Um, and, and you, you create something really different. I mean, Apple did a good job by focusing their line and, and getting rid of all the garbage and just focusing on like four different things, you know, one, one laptop and one desktop or maybe two desktops, whatever. But, but they, but they really put a lot of focus on these areas and, um, and they, and who carried them on their backs when they were in trouble, their yeah. community, right? Yeah. The, the, when, when Apple was, was basically going bankrupt, their community was still there and they were still rooting for Steve jobs to, to do something great. And, um, and yeah, I mean, 
they did it. They didn't worry about the specs. They didn't talk about, you know, this much RAM. Well, they did talk about RAM, but they didn't talk about like, oh, this particular GPU and here's the specs and, and do a sort of comparison, head-to-head comparison between PCs and Mac. It wasn't like that. They, they, they built an all-encompassing experience with software and hardware altogether, and it was beautiful. And that's why they were able to do what they're able to do. But I will say this, like when I, when we got acquired by HP, there was a meeting almost, I think we got acquired in September and we had this like big event sometime in November, December. And it was in front of the top two or 300 people in the company. Um, and, uh, and I was talking about Apple being a, a, a big threat, uh, you know, to, to the industry and, um, People in the audience, which is basically 95% of the audience thought I was an idiot for, 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 for saying that because, oh no, you know, they're, they're, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what, 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 if people switch from PC to Mac, just as many people switch from Mac to PC, it was just a really stupid mindset. And, yeah. um, and sure enough, you know, Apple just cleaned up, they completely wiped out the industry and it was a, it was a continued race to the bottom for, you know, all the, all the PC companies. Yeah, and I think back then to the late 2000s, that was probably the, that was like probably around the time the first MacBook Air came out, mm-hmm. right? And they really, MacBook Air was sort of set the stage for what could be done, and it was built on Intel hardware too. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and that's when we came out with the Voodoo Envy, that carbon fiber notebook, you know, to sort of, I mean, we were building something along the same trajectory. We were trying to sort of keep, keep up with them. And, and if they continue to invest in us the way that they promised they would at HP, it would have been a different company today. Would have yeah. been. I I guarantee you, hundred percent, it would have been a different company. I still probably would have been there. Um, yeah, but <laughs> but, but uh, you know, because look, we talk about companies earlier in the pre-show. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about um, you know the face of a company, right? And when 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 you think about you know Apple, who do you think about? Well, you know you. It's it's Steve or Tim, right? So. Right, but it's it's really Steve Jobs. You still think about him, and right. and and the and the ghost of Steve is right. is still there, right? When when you think about Microsoft, you think about Bill Gates, Steve Ballmer, and they've done such a good job with their bench, right? They've only had three CEOs in their entire right. history. Yeah, such a good job, and and that is why they they are where they are today. Um, you know, you you think about Starbucks, or and you think about Howard Schultz, and you know, sort of same idea. What happens when you think about HP? Who do you think about? Yeah, no, it's hard, right? When you think about Nvidia, we all think about Jensen. Everyone knows who Jensen is, or AMD. Right? Yeah, Lisa, Lisa, exactly. Like, right? I was saying we should make a shirt. And honestly, the other thing is like Intel. Intel's had this problem too, where who is Intel? Who right? Is who is Intel? But you know, I will say honestly, you know, Pat has done a great job. Mm-hmm. When you know, honestly, because you say Jensen, you say Lisa, people know. Yeah. If you say Pat, people know Intel, right? So, like, I think that's very important because you know, Intel has kind of gone through. You know, this, you know, rotating cast of CEOs, I mean, not as fast, but I mean, really, you know, you had Craig, you had Brian, and there are a few others in there, but it just feels like you sort of have to have that. But isn't that dangerous, though? Because if you build your entire company, multi-billion dollar corporation that's built to withstand the decades, and you build it around personality, that personality goes, what happens to the company? Now? Well, it, now, it's now only people- it, it's only dangerous if the culture is not strong culture, right? Um, because there's things that, you know, when you think about Apple, they probably have in meetings, they probably to this day say, what would Steve do in this case, right? And and I think that that's fair. It's fair to ask that question. Um, you know, if, if, if you talk about a company like Tesla, for example, right. sure. you know, there's been times when people have said, oh, the board should get rid of fire Elon Musk. That would be the stupidest move that they could possibly ever do, right? Because yeah. 
because he 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 is the company. He is he is Tesla. Right. And um and so, you know, I think it's only dangerous if the people in the company don't completely believe in the founder. So good example is Meta. Um, you know, with with the, the fact that Facebook is going down this path of metaverse, I get it. I understand why they want to build a platform. I understand why they want to, you know, make VR sort of the future for them right. because it's an important part to their business, right? They're 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 losing the mobile game, so they need to come up with the next gen platform. But renaming the entire company to Meta, I think, was a mistake um, because yeah. they created that confusion. So you know, I don't, I don't understand what the point of that was. Yeah, because it was it was really strange to destroy this brand that was. Yeah, and some people's eyes very had gotten negative, but at the same time, you know, if you think long term, ten years from now, people Facebook could just go. It's like a Coca Cola. Yeah, know, there's times when it was bad, sometimes it's good. So, I, I think yeah, I agree with that was a mistake from from a branding point of view. So yeah, but honestly, I think the whole problem with I, I just don't believe that it's going to go anywhere. And I think you, you don't believe in VR. I'm not sure that. Facebook getting that hard to go into it is going to go anywhere. And honestly, I love VR. I have a Valve Index at home because my kids want one. We they put twenty hours on the thing. They mm-hmm. put you know hundreds, if not thousands, of hours on their gaming PCs. So have I you, just kind of think. I know I, I, I hear you, but have you tried the latest uh, Oculus, the the Pro? No, I haven't. Okay, let, let me just tell you why I, why I use it two to three hours a day. Um, I use it easy. For, no, no, nothing like that. It's not, it's not about gaming. It's not about whatever. It's, it's really about work. I, I use it because when I put it on, let's say I'm in a small office or a hotel or whatever, I have my laptop with me. This thing creates three gigantic displays, high resolution, right? And I am way more productive. I get an eight hour day done in three hours because I've got, I've got these giant displays, high resolution. Um, and I'm in an environment that's, you know, whatever environment I want it to be in. Really? So, like a ski lodge, for example, or something like that. And I use it for work. I use this thing. Um, it's called Immersed. It's a it's a it's a VR program that lets you create these these wild environments, and it's it's just really 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 good. And um, and I I believe in mixed reality for the future of gaming. Like I I really love the idea of bringing entertainment with you through some sort of mixed reality experience. Not to say that you know yes of course I love PC gaming. Don't get me wrong. I, you know there's probably a lot of people in here saying what the fuck is this guy talking about, <laughs> but. Um, but imagine, like, if you think about, you know, the, the, the game that we're trying to build right now, uh, I, 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 we can talk about it, but basically the idea that you can walk into a bar and, um, you know, put a coctagon in the middle of the bar and have a, a virtual cockfight in the bar using these robotic cocks and hens, you know, who fight in the cockpit. Right, right, which is illegal because it's VR, by the yeah. way, folks. <laughs> but even, even not VR, it could be, it could be uh, AR, could be augmented reality, right, right. it could be on your phone. Um, it could be using glasses. Like it, there's lots of ways that it can be done, but it's a, it's a social gaming ex, uh, experience that people don't experience these like now, right? Like today's social gaming experience is playing league of legends with a bunch of, you know, like 15 year olds who are, who are using you know, vulgar language in the chat. Right. And right, it's super right. toxic. Um, but the future of social gaming is, is sort of like with in person. I think it'll be really I guess it just feels like, you know, having, you know, burned a thousand bucks of my own money on the arguably at the time, the best, you know, VR platform out there. It just feels like it's it's getting further away than it is closer. Like the horizon is just far, far, far further off than I thought it was when I first tried VR. Well, well, don't get me wrong. I don't see people walking into a bar with a VR headset. I think that's really lame. right? I don't see that happening. But I do see 
you know, where where glasses get more sort of mobile, like our glasses, our glasses, you won't be able to tell, you know, like you're wearing glasses and you have an AR experience, um, you know, and I and I, I see that sort of thing becoming more real. Um, you know, mobile mixed reality to me is 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 a future that I can I, I can see happening and, and I am excited about. So. All right. Let me ask you this. Um, what's your primary gaming platform then? PC. OK. Desktop so. or laptop? Are you kidding? Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted, we just, we have to, we have, is a, what's it called? A, is it a shibboleth? Are you, you just have to pass the test. Yeah, yeah, so no, like, okay. no. No, I have a main gear F131 still. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a little dated, but it's, but it's awesome. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a diehard PC gamer. So, yeah. I'm, no, I mean, so that's the one thing is like, as much as it feels ridiculous to play video games with a mouse and keyboard or a controller, depending on what you're doing, yeah. it is funny that still, this thing has not changed in essentially 30 years in a lot of ways because people just sit there sure. and play games. Yeah. Do you, what's your view on PC gaming long-term? Is it good, better? Yeah, no, it no, it continues. Yeah, okay. no, P- PC gaming doesn't die. Absolutely not. Um, but I think gaming is changing. I think, um, you know, in, in, in my world, we're, we're building a game where every character in the game is an artificially intelligent NPC right that that the user owns essentially and the user trains so think of it like a mixed media gaming experience where do you remember tamagotchi yeah yeah so so you know like keychains if, if you don't know it's a keychain pet uh, <laughs> no one knows what that is like, okay what <laughs> tamagotchi i, I love tamagotchi you could probably download an app for oh your my. phone that does it is that for hey florence ion actually still reviews tamagotchi yeah so so <laughs> T- T- Tamagotchi she was does. like this keychain pet that you'd have and you'd feed it. And then, you know, if you didn't treat it right, it would die or whatever. We're, we're building a game where these characters are like, you know, essentially like Tamagotchis. Um, the more time you spend with them, the happier they are and the better they fight for you in, in the Coctagon, which is like the, their, their fighting arena. Right. But you train them. You, you train these, these birds using moves and, you know, uh, building katas and that sort of thing. And you're training them to fight and they're like your pet. And what makes it, unique is you become emotionally connected to the characters that you own right like like right now what what is your what is your game of choice at the moment it's a uh, world of warships well, well, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay is there is there a warship that you're emotionally connected to well there's a certain class i play okay. and but everyone can play that class right Everyone can play the class. Yeah. The problem is it's, it's a it's like um it's a team game where you have to depend on other classes all functioning. Right. So uh, the way I describe it is, it's like a pickup basketball game uh-huh. at the park that always ends up in someone being stabbed at the end because like somebody's just like stop shooting the ball, pass the ball, you're missing, right? And they're just arguing. So it's a team game, and the problem is if if the if the ninety percent of the time no one's playing as a team, you're just going to get your ass kicked, and right. that is like eventually leads to. So the, it's a it's a forty minute game that ends, right? Uh, I I think ends is like it's a twenty minute game that ends in basically somebody kicking over the table and everything lighting on fire. That's the way it ends. Okay, so so and is there is there building to it? Like over time, do you build more, or are you just building up your you know? Oh my god, I'm a level whatever. Yeah, I mean yeah. you you everybody kind of wants to build their win rate. They okay. want to be better. And they, so you remember Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yes, back in the day. So Before they ruined the brand by yeah. trying to screw it up, but. right? And they and they destroyed it. Yeah, but yeah. but r- the idea was that you'd roll a character and you'd build that character over time, and the character would collect stuff over time, and you you that character would mean something on paper, right? Yes, right. And they were different. They were they were fundamentally different. Your character is fundamentally different from my character, right? Right. 
they were never the same. Oh no, everything ever. And 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 that's that's what we're building here is we're building a game where you you get you you build a character, you train it, you're emotionally connected to it, and it becomes more like a pet. Where if I came to you, if you're a dog owner, and I and I said, hey Gordon, give me, I'll give you five grand for your dog, you'd probably tell me to you know eat rocks, right? Yeah. So you know, and I I would never sell my dog to you, just like. I probably wouldn't sell my favorite bird to you, you know, because I, because I, I love this thing, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the concept. And we think that other companies will sort of go down this path over time, you know, and build games like that. And we're building tools to be able to let companies do that. But So, well, so where does the AI part come in? Cause I thought maybe there's, so how would you, how is this so different, unique? Cause it feels sure. like you can have, you can still have, you know, custom built characters in any game, but what's so different about this? Well, what's different about this is there's, first of all, there's no user control. So you're, you're not actually controlling the character in the Coctagon, right? You're not, you're not like, you know, controlling their movements. They're controlling themselves. Um, the, we're using AI in a couple of different ways. So, so I'm sure everybody by now has used chat GPT, right? I mean, yeah. So, so you get the idea. Basically you type something in text, uh, you say, create me a resume or something and it create, it spits out a resume. So it's text to text. We're doing something called text to animation. Where basically you type uh, you you type in what you want to see and then you you put in a two D image so it's a combination of two D images and text and it creates an animation for you it spits out an animation it's really neat and the idea for that was that we want creators in our world um, to be able to create content in our game and so we're using Mecha Fight Club the game to uh, to showcase this technology so that's one way we're using AI and the other way we're using it is uh, we're imbuing every one of these birds with their own individual DNA um, and that bird becomes increasingly unique over time and that's using ai so you know ai is like a buzzword i get it like i understand why you know people say oh my god this is you know this is the new thing chat gpt now every company with ai is now pivoting and blah 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 but we we have been building our own foundation model um we've been in this space uh since since we started which was in 2021 and um and we're taking it very seriously because we 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 do see this as a very strong future so yeah and you're not just simply selling the game you're you're selling the technology we're selling the technology and we're making the game free um you know free to play and um you know the game for us is a showcase you know mecha fight club is kind of the the game you know we want to showcase the technology but really what's under the the hood uh at irreverent labs is much deeper than than the, the cockfighting game yeah is it a and it's it's PC mobile or is it? It's it's actually Unity, so it's basically cross platform. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole idea is you can you can actually play. Well, I guess because it's basically the fight happens based on the character construction. You can have your you could be playing on PC against somebody on Android or right. iOS. Yeah, your your bird will fight no matter what. So you know okay. it's it's up to you to to watch it. Like for example, you'll you'll get a note saying Gordon, your bird uh, Robocock is going to be fighting uh, uh, Oprah Henfrey in the ring on the Octagon on Saturday night at seven p.m. Here's a link to watch it. Whether you watch it or not, they're going to fight. But if you do watch it, uh, Robocock's going to see you and say, "Oh, my my master is here watching the fight, and he's going to be happier, and he's going to fight better." But if you're not there, he's going to probably like fight like you know, uh, like a dog. You know, so I don't know. <laughs> so you know, interesting because it feels like how do you part of it feels like a disaster. It's like, oh, I just built this, I just built this character. I'm going to go out here, and he gets just mauled, like yeah. like torn into fifty different pieces. How do you match to make sure that they're at least well? We're we're building you know uh, um, proper player matching okay. uh so we, it's like an mmr system that's based in 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 our game that the user doesn't get exposed to um 
But if they do get the, the shit kicked out of them, you, you learn more about your bird over time. So you basically learn what it's good and what it's good at and what it's not good at. And you sort of train where it's weak. Um, and you can equip it, you know, where it's weak. Um, so yeah. And the other question I have is cause you made your, cause the fact is if, you know, if another dog attacked my dog, believe me, that dog's going to, yeah. it's going to have some problems with me. Does, does this virtual character AI, is it like, does it, does it spawn again or is it just simply, eh? No, 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 no. They, they, they don't die. Um, oh, okay. they, 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 rec- they have a recovery period. So, you know, if, if your bird gets the, the shit kicked out of in the octagon, it might take 10 days for it to recover before it can fight again. Okay. But, but I, I will say this, you know, I'm completely against animal fighting. Um, you know, when we started this game, we said, look, you know, we want to make fun of the idea of cock fighting. So right, we, right. we did robots, right? These are robot cocks and hens. Got it. You know, and we, there's a lot of innuendo and humor that goes into this game that you can imagine, you know, fighting in the octagon, they they train in the cockpit um you know we have a we have a breeding game called hender you know where you swipe right on the cocks and hens that you want to you <laughs> know, see, breed I with see. um so it's it's very funny uh what 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 i what i will say about that is um if somebody said to me in the future will you make a you know a robot dog fighting version of this i'd say no like yeah. I, I love dogs you know where it's it's just it, it's hard to get humor out of that you know i i think the thing is like uh the example you could use for people because there's definitely people are going to go oh because Cockfighting is definitely in when you're actually using real animals is is illegal in most places. It's star you gotta think Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars chess match where they're fighting, right? That's I don't know. But I'm I just always thought Far, Far Cry should remove the cockfighting game from the game and turn it into a game. Like <laughs> do you see that thing? No, no, no you, really? Are you kidding? Did you no, not no. see Far Cry? Where I only benchmark. I run benchmarks all day roll. I don't get to and I play <laughs> oh, World of Warships and I run benchmarks. Okay, That's got it, got it. Well, my entire life. It's horrible. So, so they had a cockfighting game, a mini game within the game. And uh, they removed it because of like the the outcry. Right, Peta was going crazy. Oh yeah, because you're saying we trolled Peta by the way because people were threatening to call Peta on us. So we created a a, a hand named Peta, um, and uh, yeah, so we're trolling them on Twitter and stuff. Aren't you? Because that is it's funny. I mean, yeah, it's I funny. We're we're talking about robot cocks from the yeah. year 2140. I mean, come on. Oh, that's true. They're robot. It's robot fighting. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. So it's like uh, relax, everybody. You know, is it? Uh, and is it somebody? Is it tied to any kind of social media or anything, or just? Yeah, uh, you mean you like you can create your own social media for your own birds and build them up. So the, that's the idea is you want to create. It's an attention based economy that we're building. So you want to create the brand of your bird. You want to own. You know the 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 Conor McGregor, right? McGregor, double G. So where does the text part come in? If I so do I come in, I say I want my my robot bird to be a combination of a crystal geyser bottle and a, is it just you can't? Okay, so yes, you can say um, I want my is in the future you'll be able to describe how you want it to look, and we'll put skins on it. It won't change the form or the model, but it'll change the the look of the the, the robot. So you know you. We we have a um, we have a couple of examples of free birds that that people will be able to play, um, and uh, there, it's it's soy girl and soy boy. You'll you'll see them in the uh, in the in the dojo that's being released here in the next month, um, and and essentially you you'll be able to describe what kind of bird you want, and you'll be able to to, to get that skin. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, and so if I want to check this out, where do I go to get it? Uh, best place to go is uh, go on Twitter and look up Mecca Fight Club. Okay, yeah, Mecca yeah, Fight Club is yeah. a way to get to it. So, yeah. so I, I will, I'll check it out. Maybe yeah. I'll play that instead of World of Warships. It might be. <laughs> it's it's completely different type of game, though. It's not you know, it's not like your your strategy. You know, pick it up and and uh, and then forget about it, sort of thing. This is something you carry with you, and um, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I mean, I play League of Legends a, a lot, 
and I'm not a, I'm not, you know, emotionally attached to any of those characters, but I can tell you it's, um, I like games like that too, where you can just play and forget it, you know, and walk away. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but to, to me, this is, this is like kind of like the, the future of where games could go. You know, I, yeah. I like, to, I like to work in the future, you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm like probably way ahead, uh, which, which can be bad and good. Um, other times, you know, I've been wrong. Um, and, uh, we've, we've quickly shut things down and, and moved on to the next thing. So, you know, no, who knows? I, you been, I mean, it's interesting because you can see as we are getting to these sprawling, you know, open worlds and, and it just, you know, you get this massive universe you can explore, you know, usually you go and you create your character, but they're still pretty generic. I, I kind of wonder if you, you sort of bind them the same way you're doing with this in these open world. Yeah. I mean, have you, one of the movies that sort of inspired me was Free Guy. Did you see that? With Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I did. So, yeah, so Ryan Reynolds I, was... I did watch a, it even though, no, I don't want to care about your Mint Mobile, Ryan right. Reynolds. I don't <laughs> want to see a Mint Mobile commercial. Well, he was like an artificially intelligent NPC. He uh, didn't realize he was an NPC until he right. realized it. And then uh, there's a movie uh, that just came out called Megan. Have you seen that one? No, no. Oh, Really? Uh, I, have, uh, yeah, I need to see that. Doing? Yeah. My goodness, <laughs> it's a horror, good. horror movie. Yeah. yeah, it's not a horror though. It's not. It's not really. It's. It's basically. <laughs> it's. It's about a. Did you see it? I, I saw it. Yeah, yeah I watched it. It just yeah, reminds yeah. me of Chuck. Was it a little scary? Bit. Really? I mean, I, I would consider it in the horror movie genre. Yes, I don't think it was scary because I'm desensitized like, to a lot of horror. Like, but I, I think, think somebody like, like Willis, Blum, Blumhouse. I think horror? somebody like Willis would would find it scary. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, l- 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 let me explain yeah. you the premise. So basically, there's a company called Funky. <laughs> it's sort of like Funko, mm. um, and they're they're building um, dolls for kids, and, and they're they're making them artificially intelligent so that eventually the doll it can replace or can can augment the parent in many ways. Right. right. And, uh, and then, and then the, the, the lady who, who created this AI didn't put any, uh, l- learning guardrails around the doll. So the doll gets like extremely psychotic about, you know, protecting this girl. So she goes around and murders everybody. <laughs> oh. It's a good movie though. You got to watch it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just tells you where AI could go potentially if you, if you don't put those guardrails in, but yeah, it's kind of like, um, back in the day, Microsoft released their, you know, an AI chatbot called. Tate? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, she got racist in, like, uh, within 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. We're all... Yeah. I, we're all... Ba- but the On the drive-in, Willis and I was explaining to him my theory that we're basically we're all just evil monkeys in the yeah. end. So that's... I guess that's... I, I do... There's got to be a lot of guardrails and all the AI, because it's... Yeah, there has to be. I, I think it can be uh, incredible. Uh, it, it could also potentially be dangerous like um you know you see some of the stuff that boston dynamics is that right the robot company? yeah 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 this doing is pretty wild right and you know when you attach an ai to it where can it go i mean th- th- this stuff fascinates me you know i i like uh watching black mirror episodes you know that sort of thing that kind of ta- think about the future but it really does fascinate me and i am i am very interested in it. i do believe this is the future though i think you know we're here and uh uh if you haven't played with chat GPT yet, you are missing out massively. Like it's, incredible. it is kind of fun sometimes. Yeah. yeah. We were writing songs using it. We oh, were writing, really? we want to do parody songs of hardware, like one for, um, what was the last one? You Got did it. a PC karaoke battle with, uh, Dr. Ian. Yeah. We're, 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 we want to write some parody <laughs> tech songs based on yeah. like one I suggested was, uh, uh, it would be um, uh, Queen from uh, uh, what was the song again? <laughs> oh, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's yeah, Bohemian did. Rhapsody. But I think that was set to 
Oh, what the hell? I can't remember. That's topic? That's pretty, it's, it's amazing they can do it, though, right? <laughs> they can do it, though, and yeah. it really is like, oh, actually, yeah. it gets you pretty close. You yeah. sort of tweak the song yourself. But one was Threadripper and, um, God, that classic, oh, Dreamweaver. There, there was right. a, Dreamweaver, and you set it to Threadripper. Like just, there's uh, an Aerosmith one about the 49. I don't want to miss ray tracing. And, <laughs> there's and another here. thing that's interesting, that when you start to bring um, search context into it, like uh, when, you, when, you, when you play with the new Bing, um, and you, I, I mean, like, the problem with Bing search is it's, it's not always the freshest data, but it is interesting. Like it's getting better and better. But yeah. now with this, with this open AI integration, the stuff you can do is actually kind of scary. Like, okay, you could say, for example, you know, tell me about this person and it'll tell you a story about this person. And then it's like, okay, uh, is this person a good guy? And they'll, they'll, they'll actually go through and like tell you what they think of this right. particular person. So you can, you can, you, you're basically using AI to, to take real world data and, you know, combine it into stuff that you want to create. And it's, oh, wild. Okay, so here's my question, because I'm, again, I'm a PC partisan. For me, the world is about the PC, it's about client computing. Mm-hmm. How is this AI world going to work into my PC in the future? Or yeah. are we just going to end up everything going up to the cloud, or are we well, going to have a combination? Because, you know, there's really some cool stuff being done on GPU and CPU for AI, but I'm wondering... Where PC is going to go with that? that? No, that's exactly right. Like, so in, in the past, um, gaming was pushing the envelope for NVIDIA and, um, you know, ATI, that sort of thing, right? Now AI is, and AI is doing it at a much, much more insane level. Um, you know, for, like, for example, for us to buy a, uh, like an A100 type setup from NVIDIA, it costs us around uh, like $180,000, something like that. Um, oh, that's nothing though. If you want to buy like an H100, you know, full setup it's around 15 million dollars wow and and so you know what once you start um looking at the compute that's required to generate ai you realize that this is not a business that anyone can get into it's very expensive the compute is insane microsoft azure and you know aws that sort of thing they know it and they they have very limited infrastructure for the gpus and nvidia is the king of all of this like jensen is he is uh one of the he's the most powerful person uh, on earth, I would argue really because of this. Yeah. Like, you know, where, where things are going and, um, and this technology is going to push gaming. So to go to your question, you know, the, the, obviously the, 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 the fallout of this is you get faster GPUs, more efficient, that sort of thing going down into gaming and games just become more and more and more real starting with the PC, of course. Yeah. Could we, I mean, also, cause I kind of wonder like, you know, right now, most art is still kind of manually generated or, I mean, a lot of it's sort of, they're scanning it in. Do they create the worlds based on... No, it's generative. I mean, it's generated now, right? Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like, I mean, you think about a studio like Ubisoft or they created Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So think about Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, the environment, the world building that has to go on. They they have hundreds of, of animators working on this, right? For us at, at uh, you know, at Reverend Labs, we have 30 people and we can do uh, 10x what, what they can do um, in terms of the output of, of world building because we're, we're generating based on, based on our own foundation models that we're creating. So, you know, we're, 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 we're able to generate those environments without, uh, you know, the, the, the people, the, the people uh, inspire it for sure. We're not, we're not taking away the jobs of the artists. We're augmenting them. We're right. giving them 10 arms to, to, right. to do more stuff. So the artist would, you know, the, the artist is not being replaced, but the artist could say, okay, I need to take this world set and we need to build this into, you know, a 1880 or something, yeah, or exactly. let's, let's build this into 1970. So they have to redress the entire set in a way. And- right. Like if, if, yeah. have you heard of the movie Cocaine Bear? 
No. Okay. Well, it's just coming out now. So <laughs> I had no idea. Like, I always <laughs> thought I was like up the, to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl had a uh, yeah. Trailer. They had a yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's basically about a bear who who you know uh, eats a big thing of cocaine that it finds and it turns into cocaine bear. And oh, it's kind of crazy! I um, I actually had to leave the Super Bowl. But I think I left soon after halftime because my sixth sense said it would be ruined by the refs. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, like Hollywood to me tends to. Uh, you know, really tell the future in many ways, right? So, like, you could you could go on to a you know an animation service like what we're building and say, hey, you know, I want to build a you know cocaine bear, and and it would it would basically put two and two together and figure it out and create an animation for you of what cocaine bear could be, right? Um, it's pretty wild, you know what what your what your what AI is able to 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 bring to the table. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, look, I'm having fun. Like I, I, I think after Voodoo and then um, I got involved with an, a VR AR company from Canada called Vervana that was acquired by Apple. Then I got, went to Microsoft for a few years and started Microsoft Ventures with my current business partner. And then I started an esports company that got acquired last year or sorry, in 2021. And, and like after that, I didn't really didn't want to work on anything crazy. I just wanted to do something stress-free that was sort of future. Um, I didn't want to do anything. And then my partner who was at Microsoft uh, he's deep into AI and machine learning. He spent his life there. He kind of convinced me to jump off the, you know, back into it and, and do something cool. And so, so to me, this is sort of like, if it works, it works. It's going to be insanity. Incredible. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I really believe it's going to work and it's going to be uh, a story to talk about. Well, especially, I, I mean, I can see why you're into it. Cause like we're, we're in a brave new world again. Right. Yeah. So, and that's what I love about technology is like, everything seems awesome. And then it just gets flipped on its head. Yeah. You know, Apple comes up with some really good stuff. And then Nvidia comes out with good stuff. Intel, you know, everybody's like, you know, it's, there's, there's just no one set path. No, right? that's it feels right. like, so it feels like it's always reinventing itself. Yeah. Um, although I, cause we are getting close in your time. Well, I, I did have a, actually have a question about AI sure. and gaming. Uh, Raul, what, what's your thoughts on like a DLSS frame generation, like being able to, to create frames out of frames that weren't there yeah no look i think that's uh that's uh, it's amazing so being able to sort of take a so the way i see it is if you can take a 2d image like from the start and then say here's like the end frame maybe come up with two frames and then have it fill in you know the thing through by by generating it i think it's it's pretty pretty damn cool um and i think that uh the the amount of compute required to do it is a little ridiculous like the cost for example to create an animation like that say a, a one minute video might be ten dollars you know like it, it could be between five and ten dollars right, right? right versus a, a a generative search query might be like two cents um you have to find a way to monetize that but yeah look it i i think it's uh it's something that um is 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 happening it's real it's you'll be able to see it soon like april may time frame you'll be able to see an early version of this tool um, and, um, people will be able to play with it. So, yeah. Hmm. No, I was just thinking like you, if you took a, a still, say you were a still artist and you, and you feed that into AI and have it create basically, a, a you know, move a video out of that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? Yep. And then it's entirely possible. It'll get, it'll get there and actually look pretty good one day. So. Oh, it definitely will look really good. Not one day, like one day soon. Soon, one day soon. That's yeah, this isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, you know, five, 10 years out, man. This has happened. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask, actually, I got two questions. Sure. Uh, I get to ask cause I'm here. Um, first one, you know, again, getting back to PCs, you had the Omen, you had the monsoon. They were just sort of like, what was your favorite 
chassis that you ever oh did the 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 newest omen that wasn't released ah yes the one with the screen and the water channels the one with the screen and the water channels yes that was that was the my favorite and then my current favorite, I, I'm being biased and I'm, I'm sorry, but it is the new main gear one that they just came out with. It's got this side panel that's swappable and stuff. And it's, it's like Lego, like building Lego. Yeah. But, but yeah, definitely the Omen is, is a, if you look back at it now, you will think it's from the future. It's still very, very cool. It's thin. It's, it's beautiful. Like it looks like a, an obelisk or something like that. And um, it's expensive and it was also very heavy, but it's just an amazing chassis. Actually, I have a third question. I'm going to ask that right now. Sure. Because a lot of people on the internet, they're very much wrapped up in their DIY, and they're very much down to, here's how much it costs. I do it myself. Yep. You have been involved with uh, boutique PCs since the beginning. Yep. Explain to me where boutique PCs fit in today and whether they still have a place. Because everybody's like, I could do that for $5. I'm sure you've heard that many times. Many times. Where, where does boutique PC gaming fit in? It, it fits in, It fits in. you know, look, I grew up building these things, right? I turned screwdrivers for years, um, you know, building PCs, building a company. And um, and and it's something that I, I did for myself and then turned it into a, a business. Now I'm, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to mess around with that stuff. I just want something that works out of the box. It's beautiful. It's everything that I'd like it to be. So I'll just order one. And if it costs me, you know, a few hundred dollars more, so be it. I don't care. You know, I, I don't have time to go to, to paint it. I, I don't have an airbrusher that's going to do what I want it to do. Or, you know, even just the, the, the way the cabling works and the, and the noise, the, the cooling is set in such a way uh, that it's, it just works. Right. So, um, so I think maybe as we get older, and, and by the way, this is why I think PC gaming is here to stay, is because this, you know, our generation sort of was the start of it, right? And, and, uh, and now gamers are, are starting younger. They started like two years old on an iPad and, you know, they go up to 50, right? Or 55 or whatever that is. And uh, it's only expanding in both directions. So there's a, there's a time and place where, where you will go out and, and buy one, just like there's a time and place where you might uh, currently believe, you know, young people may believe they don't need a watch because it's on their phone, but there's a time and place where they're going to go and say, you know, I really appreciate the mechanical movement of this particular watch. Maybe it starts with that swatch that we talked about, the uh, Omega swatch or whatever. Moon swatch. Yeah, the moon swatch. $300 for a swatch. Right. And then, then, you know, maybe eventually it leads into like the appreciation for uh, what, what, what can be created. So. That is a really good point because the, for people who don't know, Moon Swatch is basically a cheap plastic watch dressed up to look like one of Omega's most iconic watches, which is several thousand dollars. And yeah, I could see that like you kind of grow up and, yep. you know, there's a certain point in your life you're like, you want the history of, of that. And that, I'm sorry, I don't want to drag this on too much. Is there a way to do that? Because, I mean, we were talking earlier about whether you can actually build like that kind of branding. Like people have these sneakers that they pay hundreds of dollars for and they put them in a box in a plexiglass box and they put it on their shelf. Like to me, that's like, that's insane. Do we ever get there with the PC? I think we do. I think, I think, uh, unfortunately, you know, you can't get there with a, a generic sort of big box brand, but you definitely can get there with some of the, you know, like the, the, um, Apple could definitely do it. You know, they, they could, they could revive a, a a G5 or whatever sort of cube and they could just call it the, you know, um, Steve Jobs signature or something like that or whatever, or, you know, just, just some sort of thing, make it, make it out of titanium, right. do a limited number 
and and uh, and sell them out. I think it would be incredible. And in fact, um, you know, I know. Listen, before I say the word, uh, everyone's gonna fucking hate me for saying this. <laughs> okay, right? let, but let's like, hear it. Okay, Roll's gonna bring it here. Yeah, okay, so listen. I know everyone hates NFTs. I get it. Just, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole market's been a disaster, but let me tell you where the technology could actually do something really cool. Okay. So imagine a, uh, a company like Nike selling an NFT, um, and saying, look, if you, we're going to sell 10,000 of these NFTs, right? If you own this NFT, you are now part of the exclusive drop of these, of these shoes that come out every year, Right. Now, you know, I can say, okay, yeah, that's amazing. I get one of those, those drops, say it's a thousand or 2000, whatever that number is. They will, you are guaranteed to be able to get that shoe number, that next Air Jordan or whatever. Right. And then eventually you might say, okay, I'm, I'm done with my shoe collection. I'm going to sell that NFT, give it to somebody else. It's like almost like a season pass. Oh you know? my God. This is now, the PSL personal C license. Thank you. Al Davis of the Oakland Raiders. Right. So, so imagine doing that with, you know, these watch companies, same idea. There's like four brands out there that are sort of like the, the, the Trinity plus one, but it's basically these watch brands where you want to buy, if you go out and buy a Daytona, for example, it's $16,000 retail, but, but out of the box, it's worth double. It's worth $32,000. You cannot buy one. You have to beg, borrow, steal to get one. But imagine if you were to, if Rolex were to say, okay, here's 5,000 entities and make them available. You own that digital thing. You now get the guarantee allocation of this watch. Like, come on guys. This is amazing. And this technology can be used in, in that particular way. And if you want to talk about where, where brands can get involved, if main gear, ha- you know, did something with AMD and AMD said, yes, okay, we'll give you 5,000 of this particular, you know, GPU that no one else can get, you know, and, um, and put them in this box and limited numbers. We could get there eventually where people will buy it and keep it on their shelf as wow. a nice collector. Yeah, no, I mean, people are going to hate you for saying that or even <laughs> suggesting it because it, you know, it is ultimately a, a commodity business, but hell yeah. What if, I mean, they would never do this, but what if Intel said, or AMD said, we're going to sell 5,000 bin parts. These things, these things are like, we have been saving these up and these things will, these are only things will run at the lowest voltage at the highest clocks you will ever see. And we're only going to sell 5,000 of them. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, you, then, they can only produce so many of those anyways, right? You might, you might hate on me, but they might, they might be able to produce only so many of these things right. to begin with. Yeah. They know? actually, so, they, the thing is they actually exist because yeah. there are, you know, you have the best of the best of the best, but they can't, they can't productize that because right. for some, whatever reason, they don't want to risk pissing everybody off. And I do think as cool it would be to, Hey, we made a CPU for Bill Gates and Elon Musk. People are going to get really, really angry. Yeah. They can't get it. So yeah. That, but then I, that's the problem is, is you're now, you know, although, you know, people say they're angry, but then they will sit there and watch cable TV of, of the Kardashians on TV all day for some reason, right? They say they hate it, but then they, they love it. So yeah. like you would like, if somebody could unwrap this, like, you know, everybody, everybody's just got to relax. That's all, you know, people need to laugh more and, and, uh. <laughs> And and just look at things for what they could be. Not you know, don't don't, don't always look at the negative and say uh, this this whole thing sucks because you know yeah okay yeah. okay. We have any any questions for it? Because I have my other one that's going. Uh, I, 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 I do have a couple from the chat. Yeah, if if if, if you have any questions uh, for Raul, let, let's get them in now before the end. Uh, we've got an AI related one. Uh, let me get over to it. Uh, from a friend of the show, Ruru2, said, how many years uh, do you think until we get a fully self-driving vehicle? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've driven the newest Teslas, but the newest ones are 
pretty like they're getting so damn close. Um, so I have a couple of 2017 Teslas, which which are decent, but they're, they they don't do the full self driving in my neighborhood. My partner has a, a three series uh, Tesla three Model three, and I I updated the software and I you put in an address and this thing goes through the traffic circles. It goes through my neighborhood. It goes. It does everything. It gets me to my destination. Um, you still got to keep your hands on it and you got to be aware because sometimes like, it even misses, you know, construction zones and things like that. It, it's really, really good. Um, it's not a hundred percent yet, but I would say we're, we're probably, uh, if I'm being, you know, really honest about it, it's probably like 83% of the way there. Um, like the, the, the last 17% would be just making sure that you're not going to die, you know, uh, without your hands on the wheel type thing. But so how long I, I would say, you know, certainly within within the next like three years, we're going to see full self-driving uh, be, be mass. Tesla is so far ahead of the industry. You know, people talk about the, the auto industry and you know, Tesla is just not an, uh, a car company. They're an AI company and they've got the most advanced AI on Earth. Um, and uh, and I think that the next nearest competitor is probably Porsche and they're probably six years behind them. So they're just so far ahead. Huh. I see. It's funny because I actually have a bet with my nephew who uh, <clears throat> graduated from Cal Poly and is working in the self-driving kind of like I bet him that we will not be able to buy a commercial, uh, a commercial, you know, fully self-driving vehicle in my lifetime. Oh, no, you're wrong. I I so I I guess I I know because we because I think Mercedes sort of like then they kind of like I think the problem is I well, I don't know. Mercedes is not exactly reachable for most people, but I, my feeling is it's just not compatible with. The problem is autonomous driving is not compatible with humans. No, the, but but the the idea is that the more so when when a Tesla uh, a semi truck gets out on the road, they're they're going to drive in hives. Basically, they're going to start communicating with each other. So your Tesla will communicate with that right. with that truck, and you know they'll all be on the road. They'll all know where each other is, sort of thing. Over time, it becomes sort of like a hive drive. Um, yeah. I I really think that uh, we're we're a lot closer than your lifetime. See, but, well, I know, of course, I was thinking, well, I'm going to keep eating these Big Macs. Yeah. I'm going to win this. One. <laughs> I'm going to win this bet. Yeah. No, but I I just think it's you know you put the most sophisticated self driving vehicle on the road with me next to it, yeah. driving like an idiot. You know, yeah. in my I'm going to get a charger. I'm going to like zoom along at like 95 miles an hour, and you're like, woo, you know, yeah. like. I just don't think I just I don't know how those two are ever going to be compatible with humans. Humans are random, dangerous, evil monkeys mm-hmm. behind the wheel of a 900 horsepower car. And I don't know how you can ever make those compatible. So that's well, that's, right right now they're they're just making it safer. So is yeah. the, the self-driving actually does make driving safer, um, especially in like storms and night and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, I hope that answers that question. <laughs> All right. But uh, by the time that tech matures, uh, Gordon, your your concern is can it play world <laughs> warship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. World of tanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we have another one from friend of the show, New Tech. Uh, what what in your opinion made Voodoo a great company? Can it get down to anything specific uh, that they that you guys did well? I I really think it was just a combination of things. It was the people mostly. Um, it was the time and place you know it was luck um it was getting exposed to a a large audience via maximum pc and this man here um there was just a lot of things that happened that that made it great and um 
um, you know, it was a fun time. I mean, it's, it's a company that I, I, I still have my tattoo, of course, on my leg of voodoo. And it's the only one that I have. And, uh, I, it's a company that I still love to this day. I just, um, you know, I, I won't say that I'm, I'm bitter about how things ended at HP, but I am, I am, I know that they, they fucked it up and, uh, and that they're never going to be able to recover from that. Like the, the vision of where things were going, it, w- it would have been a completely different company today. I still say that. I, I really, really fundamentally believe that. Cause yeah. I mean, it sounds like it would have been a, like a Maz, like they were building their, you know, Maserati performance brand. And- this, this would have, this would have, this would have set the vision for HP for the next 20 years where we were going. Like the stuff we were building was so out there. It was just, um, yeah. Uh, it's too bad. I mean, you cannot keep talented people uh, in a place that is that is lacks lacks soul, right? And it's so, yeah, and I, th- I think I mean honestly, a lot of critics of where Alien were started and where it ended up, where it is today, would kind of say the same thing. But I understand what the Alien were brand is. The yeah. branding is, you know, but it's it's they are not really making a machine to compete with, you know, necessarily Main Gear Falcon because right. they're not, you know, it's a it's still. It's just very, I mean, I kind of wonder if you could ever keep that vision because I honestly do think that if Dell or HP says, you know what, we're going to kick everybody's asses and like we, we're here and then it comes down to we're going to sink so much money into this, you know, the CFO is going to like come up like they're not ever going to send an email. They're going to like come up and knock on the door and say, what are you the, doing, this right? is fundamentally the problem. This is why nobody can compete with Tesla. This is why Tesla was able to create an American car and make it desirable globally, right? An American car brand, like whoever thought that would happen, you know? Um, they did it because they they went against everybody and they they basically did the Apple model in the car industry. They did something impossible. No one would have believed this would have ever happened, but they did it. And, you know, um, you, you cannot do it in a company like uh, HP where where management changes all the time, strategies change. They, they listen Corporate to... Corporate America, really. Yeah, and, and they listen to their shareholders. Their shareholders don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, it, it needs to be in a, a very, very sort of, uh, you know, uh, like an autocratic type environment, you know, with a, with a, with a leader, a, a, a benevolent, what am I saying? Benevolent. Benevolent uh, leader, like a benevolent Elon dictator. Musk. Yeah. Like, uh, like an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs or something like that, then you could probably get away with no, it. No, you yeah. know, it's interesting. Cause I, I think like, yeah, because there's like you, the board could never fire Steve. Right. The board could never fire Jensen. You know, and there's like, there's just people that they, they did fire Steve though at one point. Yeah. But that yeah. was, that was, that was clearly when he was screwing it up badly. Right. I mean, there yeah, were definitely I mean, a lot of screw up. Yeah. Yeah. He did go there's, away and come back and had a re, re, reborn sort of vision, but still he, he still was fundamentally the same person. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I just think like at the time when he sort of like hit it, like you do, you need a, you need somebody in charge who can take the risk and can take the, the slings and arrows from the board because you've got to be able to see it through over a decade or more yeah. of just burning cash that and guaranteeing them it's going to pay off. Yeah. It feels like, but it's really hard to get anybody in leadership in corporate America in a publicly held company that can, that is a really tough, I don't even know how you can do it because ultimately people want their money. I gave you money. I mean, I, want I, mean, money I mean, Tesla right? does it. They don't care what the yeah, shareholders say. I mean, right? but that's, they, they, they do it because they're building a product and they're, and they're, you know, they have a vision. They know where they're going. Companies can do it. You just don't listen to you, you should not be at the at the whim of your shareholders. It's not a good idea, right? You should you should instead look at your customers, uh, your future customers, where things are going, and and really charge down a path you believe in. I yeah, think. I mean, like, but that's fundamentally 
why public companies are just kind of like lousy in a way because they yeah. you're always quarter to quarter profits. You know, you'd hope that you know Michael Dell bought Dell back because it's like you know, I can't deal with these stupid shareholders. He's you know he's yeah. basically privately held. You could think they and you know Dell's obviously done some pretty awesome things elsewhere too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, it's an interesting dynamic there. At that, they'll go public again. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure eventually. But, yeah, but I just kind of wonder like. Not having to deal with the damn shareholders is good. Yeah, so. yeah. I bet. Well, you still got to deal with shareholders and a yeah, company like well, that. Right? Different, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I got a couple of personal ones. Uh, so um, this is something that Gordon can uh, <laughs> piggyback off this as well. You, sure. you were talking about forward thinking, visionary things for for Voodoo, um, and uh, one of the things that Gordon always talks about is the uh, ATX form factor needs to go go away. Is that is that is that something you're experimenting with? Well, at at, at Main Gear, I would say we agree with that <laughs> completely. <laughs> and look at um, that's just a minor tweak, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, you know that I think uh, I think it, w- when you see some of the stuff that they're working on, I think you'll you'll be you'll be happy. You know that they're 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 pushing the industry to make some changes that are important. Um, but yeah, like I, I think the ATX form factor needs to, needs to go. Yeah. But how do we get the community to agree to a change? Cause like, again, you, you know, you, you, you know, you don't, right. You, you, you actually, what you do is you, you, you go and create something, you showcase it, you release it and it becomes so game changing that people want, want it. Right. I mean, you can't get people to agree to it. Um, you just have to get the right people to agree to it. So, and influence it <laughs> that way. <laughs> And you, yeah. you got to give people a, a real big reason to want it. Yeah, because sure. otherwise, if that. you if you try and you know convince the community to go with it, you're just gonna you're gonna try and lead by consensus. People, there's gonna be people on both sides of the fence. There's just no point. The, yeah. the, the, this is how you break things, right? You go out, you try new things, you create them, and you show what what the future could look like, and then people will get behind it if it's believable. So it just it just feels like for the PC community, we are we are so we are so caught up in our and our standards and we are just unwilling to change if it costs a penny so, more. And so that, l- that is just, let me ask, you honestly, sir. I've been saying that's the reason why Apple frankly came out and clocked the entire PC industry. What, what, what if change. you could create a, uh, a form factor that was like flat, um, where, you know, it's flat, like Lego, you build it up and you can add GPUs, you can add different things to it. And it's like a very, very small form factor that you could build it in anything. Right. Um, then the PC industry would, that would love that because they like to mod stuff. You can't do it with a you know big ATX and these video cards and all this stuff all over the place. But if it was small and compact and you can put it in anything, you know, um, and and make it super powerful, that'd be pretty dope, right? So you know, I think I think you just have to create something uh, cool and and show how it can be done. And that's something we were building at um, at HP Voodoo. We we created something called uh, Ouija. <laughs> it was, uh, like the, you know, like the Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but the idea was we were, uh, we were partnering with Lego and we were building a, um, you know, a really cool kind of like a PC that was partnered with Lego where the Lego chassis and you can do whatever you want with it. Really neat concept. And, and it would have been, would have been real. Um, I mean, the, the shit we were doing then was really cool. So it, the modders would have loved it. But I, I think, I mean, to me, I think the defense is always, they don't want anybody to com- get a competitive edge because they don't want to get, they don't want like proprietary parts. It's sort of like proprietary. No, no. So this wouldn't have been and- proprietary. This would have been open. Okay. Yeah. Anybody could have built for it. 
Hmm. You know, we're, I mean, we're kind of seeing that with like UCIE. Oh, Could you imagine say, proprietary HP no. garbage? No, 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 no I mean, no, but no. anybody. No, no, anybody, anybody. Yeah, we're all bringing the. No. <laughs> You're like George Lucas and Disney. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean it that way. I just mean proprietary any company garbage, right? That's what I'm saying. But no, yeah, HP yeah. definitely. No, but any anybody because you want it to be open, like. You know, Dell did their CAM memory. It's actually become a recent uh, spec for, uh, you know, future laptops. Right. But, you know, there is a lot of people like are afraid of it being proprietary because they don't want anybody to have an edge. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and, you know, Intel Thunderbolt was proprietary for a long time because they knew if they tried to do it by consensus, they it would be, it would be dead already. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's why, you know, Apple's interesting. They'll, they'll just release shit and then people will follow, right? Uh, well, sometimes but, they'll mess up, like their chargers, you know. And, but isn't that scary, yeah. though? Isn't that a little scary? Because honestly, I do like the fact that the entire PC industry is highly skeptical of all the people they buy from. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I will say on this side of the aisle, the customer base does not trust Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, any of the OEMs, Microsoft, right? It's just everything is like, I don't trust you. Right. I actually kind of like that attitude versus an Apple. Like, oh, you messed up on the butterfly keyboard. My $4,000 laptop is garbage now after four years. I will fix this by buying another one of your products. Right. Like, and like, how do you, I don't know if I really want to be in that position where you just blindly buy what they want. So I, I there's got to be some kind of happy medium between the two. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's a little crazy. Like I had a friend he got a CD stuck in his MacBook and they didn't have an eject button on it. Oh, wow. Because, oh my God, you can't (laughs) have an unsightly hole on a MacBook. He said, oh, no problem. I needed to buy a new one anyway. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even... Amazing. Yeah, well, there's there's other ways he could have popped it out, but yeah, that's... uh... That's uh Yeah, there is a there's somebody said, Oh, you take your driver's license and a credit card, yeah, jam it into the slot and pull it out. Yeah. But everybody else had the manual eject button yeah, yeah, for their exactly. slot fits. They yeah. did not. So Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Any other questions, well, Adam? Uh, no, we should probably wrap it up. But we got to wrap it yeah. up because I've, I've got plenty of questions, but yeah. We, well, we with any leave. super chats we missed or we'll do nope, no, no okay. super chats. Yep. Wow, this has been fun. It has been interesting. It's been uh, years since I've last seen you. You look great, by the way. Oh, thank you. you. Keeping thank you. keeping in shape, I see. Yeah, That's it's good. all the late night benchmarking. It yeah. makes you lose weight and <laughs> yeah. all your hair. So yeah, and I I am going to send you something uh, to look at that you. Oh, uh, never mind. We'll no, talk about that. no, no. And uh, oh, yeah. you want to send me that? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, we were going to talk about iPhones. Yeah, I think. exactly. The, yeah. Why you don't like the iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I like the iPhone? Because I use a Pixel Seven. And you have the iPhone. a Pixel Seven and the iPhone. Yeah, That's the last yeah. one. What? Why? Yeah. What? I the Pixel Seven is just like me, so much better. I'm gonna tell you this conversation. Yeah. It must have been 2004. Roll. You were like in town, and you were like, you were like crazy. Like you were like Gordon Zero. Are there any towns that have the the? It was the it was the Palm OS. Right. You were yes. like, you were going to drive all over the yeah. Bay Area to yeah, try yeah. to get one of these phones with the Palm OS smartphone. Yes, that's right. Yeah. No, I, I like that stuff. I mean, but, you know, Android to me is just so much better than iOS in many ways. Uh, but the Pixel 7 is is a, is a masterpiece of hardware and software. Really? Yeah, it's so good. I mean, when you wow. ask it something, the context is great. Siri, uh, you know, Siri is kind of like um, a, a bimbo in comparison to, you know, Google. It talks, but yeah. it doesn't know anything. It doesn't know anything. Yep. Yeah. So, so, and when you, you know, when you ask Google anything, especially live translate and the live, uh, it has a tensor chip built on it that does all of the, you know, um, uh, speech recognition stuff. I mean, it is 
incredible. It's a really, really good phone. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. I've, I am, a, and the I camera bought... is nuts. By the way, the camera on my iPhone is great. It's a thirteen, but right, but right. Uh, no, 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 no. Pixel Seven uh, cameras next level. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. I've sworn off Pixel. Because I had a Pixel Two XL, I paid a oh my billion God. dollars no, for. No. Totally different. Well, but they yeah. they basically took us all and they like okay off the raft. Yeah, and that's typical Google. I know this, typical Google. But, and this, I, but the seven though is different. I really think they're taking this way more seriously now. Really, I even have the Pixel Watch too. I have one of those. I have an you know iWatch as well. But I'm um, just afraid like yeah. Google is like especially the hardware side is like oh did we make that oh overboard <laughs> hey look at that oh yeah. off the raft. Yeah, but man, the Pixel 7 is like a treat to use. Yeah. By okay. the way, I even have uh, iMessage on my Pixel as well. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. You know how? I use a, there's a program called AirMessage that you download on your Mac at home, and then it's like a server, and it sends your messages to you. And oh. it also has FaceTime-esque kind of on it as well, but the, but the iMessage works well. See, that is just like, see, like the thing is, the thing that offends everybody on this side of the aisle, is the blue, PC, blue, blue, green, thing. open, everybody's got to be open. <laughs> That whole thing with iMessage and it's the dumb. way Apple think, and the thing that I guess I can't blame Apple because app, Apple is business, they're for profit, they're at war with their competitors. Yeah, but I can blame the customers. Yeah, yeah, that are just happy to say, "No, I, I'll blue message you on my Android phone, and you won't know. You'll think it's from my Apple." Yeah, that's cool. crazy. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, this has been fun. I just just a blast from the past, man. I just just good stuff. Thanks for having me. I'm going to take us out, Adam, unless there's any yeah, last comments no, we'll, we kicked we'll, up on all the on the do dust it, of all the craziness. No, we're good. Okay. Yeah. It's oh, been fun having you. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to have you back again. Yeah, thanks, Raul. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And we're going to, we have some, uh, we have some old hardware we're going to check out with Roll. I, I want his feedback on this. It's going to be some cool stuff. So yeah. we're going to go shoot that hopefully now before he goes. But check back next week for your fix of PC Talks and the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please leave a review, a review every time you do. Roll will. We'll spit hot takes <laughs> former business partners. Send questions and comments to the fuller at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Raul Sood of Irreverent Labs. Irreverent Labs. And yes. check out, uh, what's it called again? Mecca Fight Club. Mecca Fight Club yeah. on your store or uh, or your local web browser. Yes. Uh, Adam Pat and also Adam Patrick Murray running the uh, chat line. Oh, it was, it was it was awesome to have you, Raul. Yeah, Thank de- you. definitely need to have you back. Thanks, Sorry, Adam. I couldn't be there with you. <laughs> no worries. And Willis is going to turn us off. Uh, thanks, Raul, for coming uh, on our show. Uh, since you brought it up, to quote uh, Ryan Reynolds from uh, uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds guy from Free Guy, don't have a good day. Have, have a, a great, great day. day. <laughs> we'll see you all later. Bye. <laughs>